want to talk to you tonight about what kingdom looks like. What kingdom looks like. If you go in the Bible and you just begin to do a word study on the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, I'll talk to you in about three years. If, if you're lucky. <laughs> There is so much as I just began to go through things and, and try and, and I was asking the Holy Spirit, you know, what exactly does it look like? You know, the Bible says that what the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Just three things. But is it just three things? I don't think so. I think it's a whole lifestyle that God's trying to bring the church into, that we'd be fulfilled in everything that we did, in everything that we do, right? And um, I'm just going to, there's going to be a lot of word tonight, so you can probably go back to this. It will be on our website. We're not live tonight. There's always technical, pray for us, because there's always some type of weird technical thing going on, and I don't understand it, but, you know. We don't have control over that stuff. I wish I did. We take care of it, right? But some things just don't work certain times. Now, do you think that's, I think that's not God. I think that's something else. But um, anyway, Mark, Mark chapter 1. There's so many things that are pertaining to the kingdom. And we're just going to try and go through some of this stuff. So I'm going to be a little teachy tonight. Teaching, preachy, I'm sure, but I just want us to just ask the Lord. And I want you to pray, like, what does kingdom look like? I think the kingdom of God is one of the main things. It says that in the book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 3, it says that Jesus, when he came back, right, he was on the earth for, what, 50, 40 days, 50 days? It says after his resurrection. And it says that the Bible tells us that he was teaching the disciples about the kingdom. I would say we better pay attention to what kingdom looks like. And it's all throughout the New Testament as to what we're supposed to live out of. We're supposed to live out of a realm, not that you see right now, unless you're seeing in the spirit right now, then maybe you are. But if you're not, I've, I'm, I'm going to just really look at two things. I'm going to look at the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Is it the same thing? Kind of. Was Jesus preaching two different things in different Gospels? I don't think so. I think there was one, one point he was trying to make. Right? But we have Mark chapter 1. says this, says that after John was in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He wasn't preaching the gospel of salvation, a gospel of baptism, any other gospel. It was the gospel of the kingdom. In the kingdom of God, it was God's kingdom that he began to preach, right? Saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, meaning what? Always near. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent. Turn, however you're thinking, and begin to believe the gospel. What? The gospel of the kingdom. And so we don't think the way we used to think, but we begin to think with a, a paradigm which looks like God on the earth. 
Because if we, if we really begin to just dive into what the Holy Spirit wants us to understand with the gospel of the kingdom, it is that he is here. <laughs> John came with a, with a message, prepare the way, because God's coming. Right? Because he preached the same thing. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. And then I just want you to see this. Matthew chapter 4, right? It's all through the accounts of the Gospels. You're going to see it everywhere. And I'm just touching. I'm just like, I'm not even, there is so many. When I say so many references to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, we can't even go through it. I, I don't even think, like I said, three years maybe. But it said this, and Jesus went about Galilee. This is verse 23. Went about Galilee, teaching in the synagogues. So he was teaching, right, in the synagogues. Why? Because he was a rabbi. At least they called him a rabbi. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And what happened? Healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. And what happened? His fame went about. His fame went everywhere. Right? Why? Because he was preaching the kingdom of God. He was preaching God right now is going to touch you. God, not in the future, not in the, in the proclaimed future, not, in, not when the book of Revelation is all fulfilled, not in the millennial reign of Christ, but now the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And they brought to him all the sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them all. Matthew 9, 35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing everywhere, sickness and every disease among the people. What does the kingdom of God look like? The kingdom of God looks like God healing diseases and casting out devils, right? We're not, the greater church is probably not preaching this, right? Like the whole picture of what the church looks like is usually not preaching. Come on, bring your devils, bring the sick. Come on. How many want devils in the church? Come on, people with demon, demon possession need to be in church. When we're sick, come to church. When we have people who are paralyzed, come, don't give me your stuff, but come to church. <laughs> right? But really, really, because Paul said what? That, that no, nothing, come on, are we living in divine health too? That's the big question. That when someone is sick, because when John G. Lake would put his hands on, on disease, it would just shrivel up in his hand, and the, the cells would just begin to shrivel. They would dissolve. They would die. And so God's calling everyone in this room to live out of that reality. Do you know that? That's the truth. We're supposed to live out of that reality. It's not somewhere over the rainbow. It's way off high. Come on, when glory comes, come on. The Holy Spirit wants us to live out of this place where the kingdom is alive and dwelling inside of us, right? So the kingdom of God is the power to transform. 
right? It's the power of God living through the believer, moving through the believer, living in the believer to transform. Because if we're not seeing transformation, is it the gospel of the kingdom? What, look, what, what does transform look like? It's a, it's a citizenship of heaven, right? Its citizens are holy. Why? Because you're already made holy. Because of the, the reality of you, that you are living as a new creation, you don't have to try and be holy because Christ is in you. You are holy. You just need to start acting like it. All of us. Come on. Not just some of us, all of us, Right? It's kings and priests that are, that are righteous and wise and mighty in God. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. It's like this, this royalty that comes on your life because you have the kingdom of God living and abiding with you, in you. The kingdom of God is a person. So I just was thinking, you know, in the days when Christ was, was all moving all over the earth, he chose what? First, he, he chose, chose men for his kingdom. <laughs> Selected men of passions and faults, and they had all kinds of things going on in their lives, right? Men and women. Right? Elijah... Come on, we'll go to the Old Testament. It was a man like you. Right? He had to deal with the same things. Did you see Elijah? He got depressed. He beat up on himself. He did certain things. You know, he talked himself down out of, out of situations. No, I'm not going there. I'm just going to lay here. I'm going to hide in a cave. And come on, we were talking about Peter last week. You know, the, the reality is the disciples, and I like to refer the, to them as the dirty dozen, but they were really clean. Come on. But they were these guys. They were these fishermen. They were real people that just lived a life that were constantly stumbling and trying to figure out what Jesus was saying, just like the rest of us. What was God saying to me? Why is he yelling at us? No, because he'd rebuke them and say they didn't have faith. Is it because we didn't bring bread? What happened? And this is the reality, but God wants us to get the kingdom reality because he's more than enough. That's kingdom. Well, he just felt, he just fed multitudes, thousands. And that it's because we don't have bread. No, it's he is the bread of life. And the kingdom of God needs to register in our minds that we live out of this place where we know he is the bread maker. He is the one that gives life. He is the one that when you lay hands on someone, something happens. When you believe in God for something, if you just give him some more time. And so I just want you to turn here, John 21, because we're going to look at some truth about the kingdom because I had I had I'm going back to Peter again because he's you know and I don't mean to pick on Peter how many are like Peter I am I'm like Peter I'm like John I'm like Paul I guess you know at least three of the Beatles no, two Peter wasn't 
After the resurrection of Christ, he asked three, Peter three times if he loved him. Remember this, right? And he said to, the, said to him this, when you were young, you girded yourself and walked where you would. But when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you to where you do not wish to go. And he goes down and says this, this Jesus said to show by what death Peter would glorify God. Was it all about his death? No, I don't think so. And I just want you to look at a couple truths here because the emphasis is on a couple things because the reality is what? He's talking to Peter. He said, when you're young, you can do what you want. <laughs> Someone tell me when I'm getting old. No, because we all do this, right? God's saying, he has a message in this little bit of a portion of Scripture for us. When you are young... The emphasis on the first statement is this. You girded yourselves and walk where you would. You took care of yourself. You did what you wanted to do. Right? It's not kingdom. It's not kingdom. You get very, like, how many have ever been selfish? Come on, y'all lying in church if you don't raise your hand. <laughs> I mean, selfish, we, wanted, we, we have this tendency to just be, we preserve ourselves. Come on, some of us have a, have a, have a more uh, sanctified nature where we give of ourselves all the time and no one, you know, and just, it just happens, right? But others, come on, we tend to have this like, no, mine, mine, mine. Give me, 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 my, my, I, I, right? And this is what he's talking about. He's saying, Peter, listen, <laughs> you didn't want me to go. You weren't thinking kingdom. You didn't want me to be crucified. You weren't thinking kingdom. What did I tell you? How many times did I tell you? If you just give your life, if you just lose your life, right, you'll gain it. And we still don't get this in the church. I, don't, I personally, I don't get it a lot of times. I try to keep, like, steady on it. But sometimes I don't remember if I just give my life I'll gain kingdom. I'll gain presence. I'll gain the anointing. Come on, there's costs to what God wants to release to you, but you've got to release something to him. It's yourself, right? It's who you are. It's the person of, of Miles. It's the, the person of, of Brandon. It's the person of, uh, of CJ. It's whatever person, right, in this room. It's we have to give ourselves so that the kingdom can come and touch our lives, right? And during this, so the day would come where Peter would what? Be subject to Christ as king. Ha, here we go. That's a good thought. What does kingdom mean? King, dumb. The king's domain. Are you the king's domain? Does God have dominion over your life? Or does he have partial dominion? Because I feel like partial dominion is not dominion. Jesus, I give you everything. We sing songs. Jesus, I give you everything. I give my life. I give my heart. I give my soul. Jesus, I give you everything. Do you give him everything? Do I give him everything? I'm preaching to myself always when I'm up here, honestly. The reality is that most of us don't want to give the whole thing. We don't want to give the whole crate. 
I'll just give you partial pieces. But God's saying, will you commune with, with me? Because when you have time to commune with me, when you give me your time, my life becomes really real to you. And you'll see who you are in the eyes of who I am. And this is what kingdom is. You need to see others through the eyes of God. When, you begin to, when we begin to look at one another through the eyes of the king, then we begin to know one another according to the spirit. And you know what? We leave each other's faults behind. We're not so stubborn. We don't want to fight against the goad, right? Because what happened to Paul? Paul, when he was, he was persecuting Christians, he had a mission, and his life was to destroy the church. But Jesus got him. And we have two-thirds of the New Testament. Guess what? He wrote it. He wasn't with Jesus. He was with Jesus in the desert. He was with Jesus after he became what? He was struck blind. He was struck off the horse. And then what? He had a kingdom invasion in his life. And we think, well, that's the Apostle Paul. No, that's available for everyone in this room. You know, God could give you a book in a night. <laughs> I'm just being real. He could give you things that in your mind that would you'd be free if we'd give him time and we'd set ourselves apart in the desert, in the quiet place, in the place set apart, because that's what he did. He said this, I was set apart for the gospel. So what does kingdom look like? When we're set apart to give ourselves completely to him, set apart, what does it look like in your life? Everyone in this room, what does it look like when we're set apart? And the domain of the king, it's the king's dominion. It's where he dwells. And he can't be fully king until we give him access. It's all, we, we continually think that we don't have access to him, but we don't ever give him full access to us. Hello. All right. Going back to that scripture, the other words, right? The words, another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Who do you think another is? I'll send you another helper. It's the Holy Spirit. It's when he gives himself completely over, right? That now the Spirit of God hits him. And we see this in the book of Acts. Acts, right? I mean, Peter's no, ma no longer making, you know, messed up mistakes. He gets in a few arguments over some things in the, in, the, in the book of Acts. But the reality is when he comes out of the room, upper room with, with everyone all around in there, he's just given this explanation. Listen, here's the kingdom of heaven. No one can be saved by any other way other than Jesus Christ. There's no life. You will receive no life any other way other than the door, Jesus Christ. Right? And the Spirit of God just begins to speak through him, and the Holy Spirit blows on the area, and, uh, and there's a massive revival, right, in the city. So here's the deal. Where, where the Lord has tolerated, like he tolerates and he overlooks many inconsistencies in our walk. How many, how many agree? <laughs> he like, I just feel like, and that's who he is. I say tolerates. Is that a, is that a harsh word? Don't get offended. 
It's not, it's just true. I feel like he puts up with a lot of stuff that we do, right? I know with me he does. Like bad attitudes, different things, you know, it could be all kinds of things. But the reality is he's, he's looking, like, he looks at that stuff, right? And what is it? It's immature. And so what's God trying to do? Because he's trying to mature us, right? What is the, Ephesians tells us he brings us what? The apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, right? For what? The equipping of the saints to the work of the ministry till we're what? Fully mature, perfect. And that's what God's looking for, to bring us into perfection, into maturity. It's really maturity. It's perfection. Uh, it's subject to whatever you're thinking. But the reality is that, that this is what God's trying to do for you. He's trying to pull you out of immaturity, low-level thinking, into higher-level thinking, right? And so now he subjects us to what? Discipline through fire. How many like that word discipline? I love it. I love it. But there is. There's a fire of his presence that just begins to form the image of Christ inside of you. And that's who he is. That's how the life of God flows in your life is because you allow the fiery presence of who he is, the presence of the king to come into your life and just burn out what's not good. Burn out what's immature. Burn out the children, the childhood thinking. But we got to stay children. We've got to stay in innocence. We've got to stay in that place where we just allow the Lord that we believe what he says because that's the childlikeness he loves. But he doesn't want us to be children forever. Come on. But he wants us to have a heart like a child. Get it? And the reality is when he brings us into that, that there begins to be things that he burns out. Right? So every part of our being, our soul, our spirit, our body, must come under dominion. There's this portion of scripture in Galatians, I can't remember, but he said, he said, I became a bond servant to Christ. A bond slave. And what does that look like? What am I talking about? I'm talking about dominion. It's not talking about slavery because it's weird. Because if you look at this, in the culture, this is what would happen. You owed someone a debt. And you became a slave to pay it off, to work it off. But some slaves would say, I worked off my debt, and I just want to stay. It's weird. But it wasn't a weird, like, abusive, like, funky, I'm sure in situations it could have been. You understand what I'm saying? It was one of these things where now they would go out and they would get their ear pierced at the doorpost, right? And you would now be a bond servant, bond slave. The word is servant. But you would be a servant to the king or a servant to the master. Who's your master? Should be Jesus. Shouldn't be money. Shouldn't be a job. Shouldn't be your wife. Shouldn't be a girlfriend. Shouldn't be anything other than Jesus. Amen. Right? Amen. And so the Holy Spirit's trying to get us to what? Give ourselves to complete servanthood. Give ourselves to complete dominion. Because he's not going to drag us around by our ear. But he wants us to give uh, our lives freely so that we live it out. So that our lives are free. 
to choose him. And that's a good choice. How many know that's a good choice? There's something that God wants us to understand, and that's not that we get stuck in a slave mentality, a working mentality, but he wants to move us into this place where, listen, I, des- I want to be here. I want to be here. See, it's funny about trying to, trying to get mo- people to move with you. Baby, if you don't want to move with me, you don't have to. If we don't want to run together, it's okay. Right? I'm telling you, because the, the reality is you can't drag people with you to serve with you. I'm not even saying this or pointing this in anyone. I'm just, this is just thinking as I'm going. The reality is I can't, when you got people on a team, right? Team has no I. Because usually what the reason why people are dragging behind is because they're not getting something they want. Or they perceive something to be a different way, or, or they don't agree with you at all. And that's okay, right? You're big enough, you're old enough, you're powerful enough to make your own decisions, right? I'm not, I'm not going after no one in the room, honestly. <laughs> I'm just saying this out loud because the reality is we want to run together, right? horses you're just gonna walk with the footman right you can't if you just want to walk it out that's okay I don't know I want to run this has nothing to do with kingdom actually it does but okay so God's what he's trying to expose things right strongholds whatever and he wants to expose them and reduce them to ash. Now, this goes back to a vision. I, or actually, I was laying in a hotel room between sessions in a conference, and I think it was 2014, maybe, maybe 12. Like, I'm bad with the years, <laughs> right? But it was near my birthday, and I was I was out and uh, I was out at a conference, and I was laying in the bed, and I could hear it. And I and I shared this before, but I, this came back to me again. The, the Lord was at at the bellows, and he was. Creating a, a weapon of his choice. And he began to, come on. I could hear the fire. And I could hear the, the sound of the anvil and the hammer. Ka-ching. Like smash. Come on. And God, smash. And making an instrument. Making a sword. Making an axe. I don't know what he was making, but I could hear it. I couldn't see it in the spirit, but I could hear it. And he said, I'm, I'm preparing my bride to be the weapon of my choice. But I could hear the bellows. Come on, you can hear the fire and you can hear the pressure. And sometimes what God's about to do, you need to just, we need to, that's why prayer. Ready? I'm not putting a punch in for Wednesday, but I encourage us to come together. And it's been good. It doesn't matter. I get eight people here and it's fine. It's been great. But the reality is, when we seek the Lord and we chase after God together, there becomes this, Come on, it just increases the intensity of what God's about to do. And so when we, when we sit back and we just posture our hearts, to, it's, come on, it's going to happen. And I, I do believe it's going to happen. But there's going to be someone who's going to break through so that it happens. 
And I want to be on the breaker side of it. I want to be on the first flight through. Come on. That when we see the, the presence of God begin to blast and explode in the region, that we're part of that. Right? That we have a hand in it. That we have not to say, ha-ha, we did it. No, not that. So that the presence of God, sorry. So that the presence of God could come and flow. And so I just, I know this, that he is wanting to, like, this whole thing about striking the ground is about the kingdom. And it's about being forged for the kingdom. That there's a reality that he wants to break us and move us. He wants to break you. Yes, yes, he wants to break you. He wants to break our will. He does. Because it's the same thing. Not, not to hurt us or abuse us. Come on. Don't, don't go there. It's the Father's love. Come on. And, but it's the fire of his love that's going to change and move us into the thing that he's created us to do. And so don't be afraid. See, we're afraid sometimes of what the, of what the Holy Spirit's about to do. That's why most of us sit back and don't move into it because what if things get a little out of control? Like, I want God... And I want him in the fullness. So I don't want to put a governor. Come on, I found out something about my truck that there might have been a, there's, there's something that's been put in my truck to make my truck not move as fast as it's supposed to. Come on. We want to take those things out. We want it reprogrammed so that it can flow fast. So that things aren't hindering what, what, where you're about to go. And the reality is that he's trying to take the lid off and not bring limitations to you, but you don't let him. That's kingdom when you let him. That's the kingdom of God when you let him. Just allow him to do it. Right? So that's 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5, about strongholds, right? He wants to take every, what, every thought captive because our minds, right? I prayed it in the back room. Our minds tend to hold us back. Right? The gray matter. Hold us back because we have to think things through. Come on, some of you are thinking too much. I think too much sometimes. When I overthink faith, then, it, you know, I'll talk myself out of it. When I overthink what I think God said and I don't do it, then I usually talk myself out of it. Or, I'm, or, or just causing anxiety. God, you know, don't dwell on it. Just go for it. Right? And so... Hebrews 12, 29, for, for if in the kingdom of God, we come to know that God is a what? All-consuming fire, right? And he's not there to destroy. This is my point. He's not there to destroy anything. He's just there to purge things. Purging's good. Purging's a good thing when he pulls the, the dross and gets rid of that, and then we become, we look more and more like him. As he, as he begins to look at us, we look like him because we begin to reflect who he is. Right? So Isaiah 33, verse 14. Right? Here's the fire. The sinners of Zion are afraid. I'm not calling anyone sinners here tonight. I'm calling you saints. But it's just what the word says. So fearlessness, fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Ooh. This is a strong word. Ready? Can you handle it? We're in church tonight. You should be able to handle it. Come on. Right? Has seized the hypocrites. 
Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? And who among us shall dwell with the everlasting burnings? This is good. Come on. Turn your neighbor and say, this is going to really be good. It's good. I'm telling you. Who's going to deal with the burnings? It's a good thing. I promise you. Right? He who walks righteously. Come on. You have been made righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Don't you know that? That's the reality. We live out of that place and speak uprightly. And he who despises the gains of oppressions and who gestures with his hands refusing bribes, he who stops his ear from hearing of bloodshed, and he who shuts his eyes from seeing evil. You guys are going to have to look at this later, right? He who dwells on high, he places a, a... His place of defense will be the fortress of what? Rocks. Come on. And bread will be given him. His his water will be sure. Say sure. Come on. Your bread will be there. The water will be sure. Your eyes will see the king in his beauty. And they will see the land that is afar off. Come on. So we got these, you know, we need to perceive things correctly, right? Can I tell you tonight, you need to embrace the fire of God. What does the kingdom of God look like? It's an all-consuming fire. It's Mount Zion, Hebrews 12. Right? We've come to Mount Zion, right? There's myriads of angels. Come on, that's life in the kingdom. It's places where angels dwell, where you live out of the kingdom, and there's fullness because you live out of heavenly places so you have a better perspective than you've ever had before. And so I just want to hit this real quick about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Because there's some just simple truth in this. Because God wants us to be in heavenly places, yet he wants us to connect with the beauty of who he is. Right? So it says, the Lord, you know, our, the instruction that came from the Lord was this. Matthew 10, 7, one of my favorite scriptures. Go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What? And then he said, go, cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead. That's your job, right? And then Luke says this. He sent forth, he sent them forth to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. Wait, what? Oh, previously he said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then in Luke he says the kingdom of God is with you, right? Go heal the sick. And certainly he wasn't preaching two different messages, right? Because, like, there's a big difference in words. Like heaven and God. Have you ever thought about that? I just started thinking about it this week. Seriously. Because there's, there's two different realms, right? So that it shows what? That the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are, are one and the same, yet there's a difference. Right? And heaven is a realm... And God is a person. Let it sit. You'll get it tomorrow, maybe. Kingdom of heaven is a realm. 
The kingdom of heaven is what? Within you. Within you. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? And so the, the term heaven means what? That the kingdom proceeds. It comes forth. It moves from you. The kingdom of heaven. There's a, there's a kingdom that's not of this world that moves from you and through you. Right? You learn anything? Okay, I'm checking. Because the reality is God wants us to live out of this place where we understand that there's a realm moving through you and there's a person living inside of you. So it's twofold. You've got a left and a right. You've got the kingdom of heaven and you've got the kingdom of God. Come on. You have both. It's not like you have both, but it's one. It's one kingdom, one king. But you have the power of the kingdom that backs you, and you have the power of the king that's in you. So that when you begin to do things, and you begin to move into things, that all of a sudden things begin to change and move because you're living from another realm with the king of that realm. Because you can't not live with the king of the realm. <laughs> Are you all right? So the kingdom proceeds... And then the kingdom of God, the kingdom what? Originates. Do I have something on? What's happening here? Check. Check. Good. We're good. Just happens every now and then. Don't get frightened. When, these, when we consider these two things, right, a place and a person, it's immediately followed by a realm and a person, Right? It's called the kingdom of God because it's what? From God and by God. Are you all listening? You're going to have to listen again, right? It's by God and from God. He's calling us to live out of this place where he calls us to live with him. And then he calls the kingdom to be released through us. He is the instigator. <laughs> I wrote that down. God is the instigator. Come on, how many of you like instigating? I do sometimes. Come on, I get I get this side of me that just, you know, I like to instigate. It's okay. Not bad. Because we want to have fun sometimes. But the instigating of the kingdom of heaven, right? And he's the head of the kingdom, yeah? And so it's called the kingdom of heaven because its inception is what? In heaven, yeah. Nothing technical. But the invisible spirit realm, right? It's invisible. It's a realm you can't see. But the Bible says that what? When you're born again... You see the kingdom. You cannot see the kingdom unless you're born again. You cannot see it, right? So here's. Am I going to read all this? This is this is this is um. Hebrews twelve. I'll read it. 
It's the Passion Translation because it's good for you. Ready? By contrast, verse 22. We've already come near to God in a totally different realm. The Zion realm. For we have entered the city of the living God. And that's where we want to live out of, the, the city of the living God. That's where you live out of. Do you know that? You don't live, you're not citizens of this planet. You're citizens of another realm if you're born again in this room tonight. If you're living out of the kingdom, you're living from a different realm, right? And we have joined the festival gathering of myriads of angels with their joyous celebration. Come on, someone needs to laugh because they're happy. <laughs> Come on, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And if we're not happy, you know, you better talk to ourselves. You better preach yourself into happiness. Seriously. Come on, no spirit of heaviness, right? And we come before the God who judges all and who's, who lives among the spirit of the righteous. Yeah, come on. Who've been, who've been made perfect in his eyes. You've been made perfect in his eyes. Yes. And we've come to Jesus who established a new covenant with his blood sprinkled upon the mercy seat, blood that continues to speak from heaven, forgiveness. A better message than Abel that cries from the earth, justice. Make very sure that you never refuse to listen to God for when he speaks. For the God who spoke from the earth, from Sinai, is the same God who now speaks from heaven. And those who heard him speak, his living word on the earth, found nowhere to hide. Come on, the word of God is living and active. And the kingdom realm moves through the word. The kingdom is activated through the word of God and lines itself completely with the word of God and will, will be powerful, right? What's the two-edged sword? It's a two-edged sword. It moves. It cuts what? It cuts the bone and marrow, and then it cuts what? Soul and spirit. It cuts the spiritual and it'll move the natural. So, those who heard him speak the living word on, on earth found nowhere to hide. So, what chance is there to escape if we turn our backs on God and refuse to hear his warning as he speaks from heaven? Now, let me tell you this, that when God is speaking from heaven, we need to move, right? When God is showing us stuff and wants to direct us, then we need to agree with the, the thing that's coming from heaven. And we need to move with the thing that's coming from heaven and not that's coming from the earth. And when you see things on the earth that don't align with what God's speaking to you in the heavens, then that means you're not walking in faith because you, when we begin to believe the things that are on the earth more so than we things that than the things that are from God, then we are, we're outside of what God wants us to believe in the faith realm and in the kingdom realm, right? So the earth was rocked, I love that, with the sound of his voice from the mountain. Come on, but now he has promised once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of this world, but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realms. What is he doing? He's shaking, 
He's shaking what physically needs to come off of you. He's shaking the, the material things that need to come off of you that don't, don't produce any fruit in your life. Yet he's going in and he's shaking the religious things out of you as well. The things that are not fully of the Spirit of God. The things that don't line up with the kingdom of God. He's breaking those things and moving them and shaking them because you don't need them to go where you're going. And you don't need them to go and move in the power of, of, of heaven on earth. And God's trying to get us to move in this place of heavenly realms on the earth. And the church is resisting. Not this church, but most churches are resisting. Come on. And the Lord wants to bring you into a place where you move and live and have your being in the spirit realm and don't live in this place of the physical realm. And you're saying, Miles, I don't, I don't understand that. You will. Just pray. Because I'm telling you, it's not, we don't live, the kingdom realm is not here right now. I mean, it is here right now, but it is not the here and now, which you see with your physical eyes. So now the phrase, once and for all, clearly indicates the final removal of the things that are shaking. That is the old order. So only what is unshakable will remain. The things of the kingdom will remain. Since we have our sight, since we, have, since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, come on, it's unshakable. The kingdom of heaven is unshakable. The kingdom of heaven is more real than the earth. I'm trying to get us to realize something tonight. Because we walk in and out of church, we walk around the world, we walk into our daily lives, and we're, and, we're, and we're ignorant of what may be happening all around us. And so God wants us to be understanding what's around you so that you know what the remedy is. It's always Jesus. It will ever be Jesus. It will always be Jesus. It will always be the king and his kingdom, and his domain will rule over all the earth, Right? Because the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as, as, as the waters cover the seas, right? So our rights to an unshakable kingdom. We should, we should be extremely thankful and offer to God purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe. And then the last sentence is, our God is a consuming fire. So he's trying to move us from a place where we don't understand to the reality of that place. And you can only do that through prayer and the word. Through prayer and the word, right? So the earth that's in us must be shaken before we can enter into the kingdom truth. And the truth is that he wants to move the things that hinder us so that we can step in to the reality of our newborn lives in Christ, right? Matthew 
Holy Spirit spoke through Matthew. For I tell you the truth, throughout history there's never been a man who surpasses John the Baptizer. Yet the least of those who now experience the heaven's kingdom realm will be greater than he. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of the heavens, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth, and the passionate people have taken hold of its power. Luke 16, verse 15, and I'll end with this. So Jesus addressed them directly. You always want to look spiritual in the eyes of others, but you've forgotten the eyes of God, which sees what is inside of you. Isn't that good? See, he knows where we are. He knows where you're at right now in these moments. He knows everything about you because he made you, he created you. So this very thing that you approve of and applaud are the things that God despises. The law of Moses and the revelation of the prophets had prepared you for the arrival of the kingdom realm announced by John. And now when this wonderful news of God's kingdom realm is preached, people's hearts burn with extreme passion to press in and receive it. Heaven and earth will be disintegrated before even the smallest detail of the word of God will fail or lose power. Now the reality is this. God's trying to pull us up into a place where we see the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is here right now. And I'm going to pray a prayer right now as we, as we close. It's the prayer that Elisha prayed. God opened our eyes. What happened? How many know the story? There was war. <laughs> Elijah was hunkered down, and he's with Gehazi, and the armies came up. And he says, comes back in, he says, Elisha, we're smoked. We're done. There ain't nothing happening here today. And he said, go back out. And he prayed, Father, open his eyes. And so I'm praying tonight for every one of us that we open our eyes, that we can see. The kingdom of heaven looks like what? God's realm with us. The kingdom of God looks like what? God the person with us. When the kingdom of heaven is at hand, when the kingdom of heaven is real and moving in your life, it transforms and changes things. So I'm going to ask you tonight, are you living out of the kingdom realm or are you living out of the physical realm? Because when we look at things and we don't, there's no transformation in our thinking and the way we see things, then we have to ask him to change those things. Lord, you need to change my perspective so that I can live out of a place where I see things completely different, right? 
Come on, stand up, pray with me. So God, we thank you tonight. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you just open our eyes in a greater way tonight. Lord, I ask that the kingdom of heaven would be revealed in us and through us. Lord, that you show us as we go and pursue. See, here's the thing. I, pre- I just spoke so many things, and what, I doesn't even, what I've shared doesn't even touch the reality of what the word says. Right? The word is so broad and wide and deep. We need to read the word. We need to love the word. We need to devour the word. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking tonight that you open up to us a realm of the kingdom that we have not known before. That we can see it, that we can taste it, we can touch it. That your hand would be upon us, Father. Open our eyes so that we can see. Just like Elisha prayed for his servant. Open our eyes so that we can see. I'm praying that we have encounters, that we see the angelic, that we see the realms of the spirit, that God begins to download things into our spirits that come directly from him. So Holy Spirit, come and touch us, Father, in that way. Lord, we thank you. We receive the kingdom. And that's all you have to do, really. Father, I receive the kingdom of God right now. I desire the kingdom to be a reality in my life. I desire the kingdom of God, your person, to become more and more real in my life. And your realm to become more and more real in my life. Lord, I thank you for the beginning of a whole new understanding of who you are. Starting now, starting today, starting tonight. That you open it up to me. And that we realize that in Jesus' name.